Premier League returns Friday at 3 p.m. as Brighton will host West Ham. Then we shoot off to the weekend for a whole host of solid Premier League matchups as Tottenham host Cardiff, Manchester United host Newcastle on Saturday. Before a full slate of Sunday games as Fulham host Arsenal, Southampton host Chelsea, and the big ticket, Liverpool, will host Manchester City at Anfield Sunday at 11.30 a.m. I'm Alex, in here with Javier. Andrew couldn't make it tonight, though we will uh, hear from him later as he sent us a little bit of a recording for us to listen to. Javier, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right tonight. You, you excited for Arsenal's uh, epic journey to, uh, where, oh God, where, Baku in Azerbaijan? Yeah, they're they there right now. Tomorrow, <laughs> they do. They do. I was I was looking at some of the training photos. That trip Looks like they're having is fun. A bitch. Chelsea had to do it for the Champions League last year, and we ta- we played the game. I think the Wednesday before we played Liverpool at Anfield the next weekend, and at Anfield we just looked like absolute trash. Like we managed to we managed to draw, but like that t- that trip took a lot out of uh out of the team. It's like five thousand miles or something. It's like obscene that you have to travel that far. In a European competition. That's pretty crazy. I didn't. I didn't realize Azerbaijan was actually like yeah, that far. Super but. far away, dude. <laughs> but yeah, we'll get to Arsenal a little bit later in the podcast. They're obviously playing on Sunday. We'll start out chronological order. Brighton will host West Ham Friday at three p.m. Uh, I'm a big fan of this move. But would you rather wake up Saturday morning at seven a.m. and watch this game, or just kind of flip on, flip it on Friday afternoon? When uh, like for like the last like forty minutes or something. Yeah, I we're, mean we're bitching about like like certain games on the. Looking at the schedule, I'm like very unhappy that Arsenal Fulham is at seven a.m. Yeah, that's, is that's that correct? Great. You, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't what you, you guys and us, we're going to be playing a lot of Sunday games this year. I'm sure we'll be in that position right. too, just because of the Europa League forcing us to play on Thursday. You can't play on Saturday and then play on Thursday. But yeah, let's refocus back on Brighton and West Ham. West Ham have uh, come upon a little vein of form. They've got a draw, seven points, yeah, a now. draw and a win in their in the, their last two games against Manchester United and Chelsea at home. But now they're going to face a little bit of a different test. And meanwhile, Brighton uh, aren't in the best of form, but they are coming off of pretty stern tests. Also, having to play the likes of uh, Liverpool, Tottenham, and. Who else did they play recently? Manchester City. They played all those teams in like their last three or four games. So, yeah, they've had a little bit of a rough, rough patch. Yeah, they're back at home and against a, a team that you you kind of say is a is a pretty even matchup with them, uh, especially with them at home. Uh, I would say on form, yeah. Well, yeah, like on, on form, paper, maybe. on form, like there's there's, there's, there's on paper. There's I would say West Ham are definitely better. About both teams, you can see the weaknesses in both teams. You can see a couple of good uh, strengths in attack and in defense for both teams. So. It's going to be an interesting one. I personally have Brighton winning 2-1 at home. I just think they've got a little bit more about them in midfield, where like West Ham have played well against top six sides, playing a little bit of a, a deeper shape. But I don't think they're going to be uh, doing that as much against uh, Brighton. So I think they'll get exposed a, a good amount of times, and Brighton will win 2-1. Meanwhile, uh, Andrew has two two. So yeah, I'll definitely be I'll definitely fair. be uh, tuning in later on at work on Friday to uh, to catch this one if it ends up two two. Javier, what about you? I have I have a, actually a two one West Ham win. I think that they've turned the corner. Um, I think that they're kind of ramping up and no more slip ups. Um, really? No, I mean I no. I, I think that they will, but I think that I think that they're just going to go on a little run here. I think that this. These last couple wins and draw will give them a lot of confidence coming into this game. And they did win away at Everton, so I, I think they could do this here. You know, I think they could they could beat Brighton. They could 
I, I just I like the way Arnautovic has been playing lately, um, and as well as Felipe Anderson, it looks like they've they've you know sparked up a really good partnership. Uh, and it, even even the midfield, the midfield which you would look traditionally at you know someone like Mark Noble and be like, well, you know this guy's what thirty three now, he can't be paying in the Premier League. But I mean, he's he's last couple of games, it looks like he's found his form. And um, like you mentioned in the last pod, uh, Diop, the center back, he looks as well to be, you know, a, a good Premier League prospect. And, you know, he'll probably be on this West Ham team three years and then maybe he'll get picked up by a bigger team, you know. So I think I think this is return to form for West Ham and they're going to go on a little run. That's why I have them uh, have them winning 2-1 here. Next couple of games for West Ham after this one are going to be uh, home Spurs at Leicester, home Burnley at Huddersfield, home Man City. So there's a sprinkling of, of games that you'd fancy them to win there, but especially with Spurs and Leicester in the two games after this Brighton one, you, you really think they're, they're going to have to have some sort of sense of urgency to win this and right. set themselves up If you're well. expecting these guys to be like challenging for Europa League when you go and spend a hundred you know, million plus pounds um, and you have a new stadium... They definitely want to be challenging and want to be hitting, you know, 55, 60 points like we talked about on the last pod. And they need to be beating Brighton to be doing that. So let's move on to uh, 10 a.m. on Saturday. Burnley are going to host Huddersfield. We'll just do pickums for the next couple. Uh, Andrew has 2-0 Burnley. I have 2-0 Burnley. And Javier also has 2-0 Burnley. You guys just came in and swagger jacked my pick on that, and uh, I, I'm, I'm honestly I can't see anything else really happening. None of you decided to go with like even like one nil Burnley or something, or even like a like three nil, or even like a one one Burnley, or like a one one at Burnley. But like that, that's not as that's See, remember last week when I told you not to do two two Arsenal Watford? I said do two nil. That's more realistic. I'm just saying, got to like, go with the more realistic pick. That, it's just kind of like there's like there's yeah, options. But Take I learned them. my lesson last week to like I'm not gonna like change my pick because I th- it, it, just because you guys did the same one. You know, I'm just like I'm not. No, if that's what I think is gonna happen, I'm gonna put it in. All right, so. fair. Let's move on to another Saturday game: Crystal Palace hosting Wolves. Andrew has Wolves going to Selhurst Park and getting the win two one. I have Oof, that would be a big result. Yeah, I have Crystal Palace winning that one two one. They, they've gone a few games now with maybe a couple of draws and a few losses here and there. So I think back at home they're going to want to get a result. Get a, yeah, a decent result. Javier, what do you have? I have one one. This Wolves team have been resilient this year, so I, I I don't see them really losing at Palace. They played really really well last game, so I could even see a two one win like. Like what Andrew has. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just really like Wolverhampton right now. So, yeah, I got 1-1. One, one. one of the underrated games of the weekend is also going to go on at 10 a.m. And uh, I'm a little disappointed. I, like, I understand that they're going to show Tottenham and Cardiff instead. But I think they should show on TV this Leicester and Everton game. It's obviously going to be at the King Power Stadium, uh, Everton going away from home. Andrew has a 2-1 win for Leicester. I have a 2-2 draw. And Javier, you agree with Andrew? Everyone's pretty high on uh, Leicester right now. Yeah. You know, it looks like... I think... What, who have they really beaten when, to, for, us to, to, for us to just assume they're going to beat Everton at home? Everton have a fair few poor results uh, on, on the trot now themselves. They're probably... Looking to bounce back. Well, they just won three nothing in uh, in what over the weekend. Over the weekend. Oh yeah, you're right. They uh, so right against Huddersfield. I, I wouldn't. I mean, I think both of these teams are on pretty form. good form. 
uh, coming with a few wins, and they're, I think, right next to each other in the table. I think it's seventh versus eighth, something like that. Could be a good one. So, yeah, I mean, I think, and these are the two teams that you talk about saying this could be the, you know, the seventh place team or even challenging for that sixth place team. So I think this is going to be a fun one, um, but I have Leicester winning, like you said. I just think that their home form is, you know, it's been pretty spectacular ever since the their title winning season. And I just think that, Everton are not a great away side. Uh, I, I really like their home form, but last year they were abysmal away from home, and this year they've improved a little bit, but I still see them struggling away from home. I think also just their their injuries in the back line, that's why I have Leicester winning, is like Everton doesn't have, like, they're running thin in their back line, and it looks like it affects them in some of these games. They need to, they really need to get Yerry Mina. And, Dude, I'm telling I mean, you, I don't, I don't think Yerry Mina is that good. <laughs> Well, I mean, but he—they actually own him. They're playing. I mean, a lone player in Zuma, and like he's doing all right I mean, right now. But than Yerry Mina. I mean, you don't know that. Yerry Mina hasn't played a game right for them now. Yet. How do you? I know, know that? that right now because Kurt Zuma has played in the Premier League for like two or three years. He's won the Premier League title. Right, but he had that horrific games. injury and like has not been able to like make it back at Chelsea even as a substitute. Fine, let me amend that statement. He's a better option for them right now than Yerry Mina. Yerry Mina is still sure. Yerry Mina is hurt, so yes, well, like, oh, of course they're not going to play him. I thought he was I right. He was That's why he hasn't played. Uh, no, he's been injured, being bled in definitely slowly. like. Uh, yeah, this is no. this is a big one for Everton. I know, that obviously, you just mentioned they beat Fulham 3-0 last weekend, but going away from home to a team that, like you mentioned, they're very much around the same area of the table as Leicester. They're going to see this as a, a direct rival, a direct competition, uh, and, and they're going to see this as a chance to sort of stake their claim as the uh, best of the rest from winning this. Uh, but I think it's going to end up 2-2. I think there's too many uh, defensive fragilities on, uh, on both teams for this to end with anyone anyone in particular winning uh but let's move on to another 10 a.m game just real quick we'll do the last uh pick em. watford hosting bournemouth andrew has won one i have bournemouth going to watford and winning two one and uh, javier what do you have two one watford i think yeah just watford have been great at home and i think they got to bounce back after after a couple losses which they didn't play bad in those games they just they were playing against really good opposition, so you can't really blame them for it. But I think they get back on form, and Bournemouth are just—they're—they're—they're they're another one of those sides that excellent at home, away from home, very very sketchy. So Do you know what I'm going to I'm going to try and here. flip something on not you personally, but like on people in general. You know how a lot of times when like a, a decent team loses to like a really shit team, and for a couple games afterwards, we don't know whether to trust them again and pick them, right? What if you made the argument with uh, Watford, like, guys, last time they played at home, they lost to Man United. <laughs> Man United are terrible. Like, they're shit. Man United right. are terrible. How do you lose at home to How Man do you United? Lose to them? Yeah, right. so that's my reasoning. Bor- uh, speaking of, great segue, Alex. No, no, no. We're going to go back to uh, Tottenham hosting Cardiff real quick. Oh, you're right. You're right. Wow. Dismiss that one. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I skipped, skipped it. it so that yeah, we can yeah, just do yeah, the last of the uh, quick picks and then move on to the, uh, talk about this game a little bit more. I just want to start out the uh, quote-unquote analysis of this one by uh, just making the point of: Is there uh, will will any team in the Premier League face like two ends of the two more drastic ends of the spectrum than playing Barcelona on a Wednesday night and then hosting Cardiff on a, on a Saturday? Yeah, I mean, you go out from you like know those players are Lionel Messi right. to like, oh wow, look, it's Bobby Reed. <laughs> 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 oh 
oh wow, I hope Junior Hoylet doesn't uh, really run at me. It would be re- I'd be really scared if Junior Hoylet ran at me. Yeah, Tottenham obviously lost four two at home to Barcelona earlier today or earlier tonight. Put up a fight though. Put up a good fight. Made a little comeback. Yes and no. As someone who was watching it, I will say I never felt like for one second Tottenham had any chance of right. Even, they never had a even, chance, but they no, I mean, but there like, was a couple half chances. They got the lead to one two different times. It was it was two nil. They got it to two one. Messi quickly made it three one. They got it back to three two, and then in the like the last second, Messi made it four two. But at the same time, it never felt like they were. <laughs> One of my coworkers said to me, "Yeah, man, Bar- uh, Barcelona—they just look like they're in a different league from Tottenham." And I just started laughing. Went, I mean, they literally are in a different they league. Are. Than Tottenham, yeah. like, <laughs> they play in Spain. He's goes, That's "You know funny. what I mean when I say that, bro." Like, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, but it was. You could have used different wording. They're a different class from uh, Tottenham, but Tottenham obviously aren't yeah. going to face anything close to that class uh, when Cardiff come to Wembley on Saturday. We have all. Do you think there's going to be a little, little bit of a Champions League hangover? Possibly. That's the only reason I have them only winning three nil. If not, I would say four or five. I just think that like they might fluff a couple I mean, chances. There's a Champions be a little League. Bit tired. There's a Champions League hangover if you don't lose. I feel like when you lose, I feel like when you lose in midweek, you come into the weekend thinking, okay, we've got to bounce back, and you and. Cardiff at home is the perfect game for that. I, there's no, there's no better game for that. So that's why I went. That's why yeah, I went big I with mean, the four nil. Probably get Kane, Harry Kane triple, Kane, your fantasy Kane, team. Kane triple captain. Uh, well, I wouldn't be. Might not I wouldn't be, a be bad surprised luck. if a good amount of people did that in fantasy. It's a, uh, it's a right. fair shout. I mean, that's what they did with Hazard. Triple captain him at home against Cardiff. So. Well, not everyone did that, Javier. <laughs> I'm like, I feel like like two people I saw did that, but a couple people in our league yeah, did it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Andrew has 2-0 Tottenham. I think he believes they're going to struggle a little bit more going forward. I have 4-0, as I said before, and Javier has 3-0. Do you like the Kane, Lucas Moura, Son front three they've been trotting out? Obviously, they've been ravaged by injuries, so that's like the, the best no, front three they can really come I, up with. I've never really liked Lucas Moura. I've always thought he's been like a just kind of a bit part player and... I mean, he's got good footwork. Pretty, he's fast. Uh, you were pretty but, high on him uh, early in the season when he was scoring goals. Yeah, I mean, I thought he looked good. He, I thought he looked good in those first three games, obviously. And but I, I mean, I, didn't, I never had enough faith in him to pick him up in fantasy. So I mean, I clearly didn't like believe yeah, in him as like. That's one level of trust. Faith. And, yes, uh, exactly. But exactly, I didn't have enough trust to think this guy's going to be you know producing week in and week out. I thought he just hit a little bit of a vein of form, but he's definitely cooled off lately. You know, he hasn't gotten goals in the last three games, um, and. You know he's he looks. Does he need to take? I, a, I like Deli Alley in there more. Does he need to take a I definitely seat like Deli Alley more. I mean, Deli Alley's out for the next month. Okay, Lamella's yeah. Scored a well, few I mean, in the last uh, couple times he's been. I don't really like Lamella either. But if you had to like, make me choose between Lamella and Mora, I'd probably choose Mora. Um, yeah, I'd probably choose Lamella. Lamella is he's such a shining example of everything Pochettino wants in like a wide player. Like, like, I was one of, like, Pochettino. Was it, I think it was Pochettino. One of Perkins. He's like Lingard. No, he's I mean, like a little he's, bit he's, better he's than better Lingard. He's better off the ball. He's better in pressing. Right. He, he's got, I think, a little bit. I don't know if he's better him. in pressing. Lingard, that's, like, why Mourinho loves Lingard. I mean, he just, like, that's why Pochettino loves Lingard. All the defensive work that, that Mourinho wants him to do. Like, he does all the dirty work, which is why he keeps starting Lingard over, like, Martial or Rashford. The same could be said of Lamella for Pochettino. Pochettino absolutely loves him. And he's surprisingly, to a lot of people, is usually one of Pochettino's first subs uh, off the bench. 
It's more for the fact that he scored a few goals recently. Scored today against Barcelona. Yeah, he scored, he he scored like he's in, that, in that Liverpool game. He scored against Brighton a few weeks ago. He's he's adding to the pressing a, f- a bit more of end product, which you know you can't really deny a player who's scoring goals and doing a lot for you off the ball for too long. So I wouldn't be surprised if he goes start in this game instead of Mora or Son. I can't really decide who, uh, but they're gonna have to figure out some sort of alternative chemistry because Ali and maybe Ericsson might not be back until after the uh, international break. But let's move on to the final game of Saturday, 12.30 p.m. Manchester United will host Newcastle. (laughs) I I, uh, I treated myself to Manchester United versus Valencia in the Champions League the other day thinking, oh, wow, what a fun game. (laughs) Boy, was I wrong. Uh, like I can't. I, I oh honestly God. wished I had not watched that game, and I had uh, instead like sorted through my work emails and right, sort of done like anything but watch organized. That game. Maybe opened into file cabinet at work and like sort of organized a lot of my uh, paperwork. That probably would have been more interesting and more engaging because this game it, it sucked, <laughs> and I'm not really expecting much uh, much better on Saturday. That that being said, I do believe United are just going to sort of drag themselves across the finish line in the end. I have uh, 1-0 United in this one. Andrew has 0-0. He's, he's really going... He's going balls deep in the United uh, sucking or boring uh, bus that I'm sure he's the conductor of right now. But, Javier, what do you have for this game? Yeah, I mean, I always have a little bit more faith in Manchester United than both of you. I have 2-0 United. But I think it'll be a hard one. I think it's going to be one of those where maybe they don't. There's going to be nil nil in the 75th minute, and then you know a moment of you know something that Alexis or Rashford or Lukaku does, and then you know they get another late late goal at the end while it's still tight, and you know Newcastle will probably get one or two chances that either De Gea saves or it seems like right now just like they don't know what their set lineup is, and it's October. And and I, I kind of know what that feels like because many years under Wenger, we would just constantly switch up the lineup. You know, new things were being tried and, you know, he, he was never sure what his best starting 11 was. Um, it, it just looked like, you know, he would always start Ramsey and Walcott and then kind of everyone else could could be dropped. It, it kind of feels like with Manchester United, it's a similar thing where, you know, Mourinho has his like three or four trusted players, his Matic you know, um, his Lukaku. His Lingard, who you just talked about. His Lingard. And he starts these guys, you know, week in and week out. But then everyone else seems droppable. And, he, you know, he's, he plays McTominay as center back. He, you know, he was playing two up top with Lukaku and Martial. You know, the guy, I mean, obviously he's trying new things. He, he's, he's, it seems like he's out of ideas. He's, but this Newcastle team, they've been awful this year. Don't think they've gotten a point away from home. And I don't even remember any goals that they've scored away from them. Maybe they've got one goal. Well, well let me let but, me clear things up for Newcastle a little bit. I'll, I'll just start by saying they've had one of the toughest starts to the season, schedule wise. Yeah, they have. You know, they obviously they've they've already played the likes to be of fair to them. Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, Arsenal, uh, Manchester City, and now they'll play Manchester United. After this, I'm looking at their schedule right now. They don't play another top six team until Boxing Day. So. Last season, they made it a point of uh, doing pretty well against the top six. I think we've mentioned before that they've had they had wins against Chelsea, Arsenal, United at home. Uh, they, they managed to not lose by too much to Manchester City when they had uh, two one one nil losses to them, which. 
for those teams at the bottom of the table. It's pretty is, good. Uh, yeah, that's it's almost good as good as a draw. And now they're coming into this last uh, game against the top six for a very long time, as I said. Uh, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if they saw United and thought to themselves, oh, this is a wounded animal. We can go in here and we can grind out a nil-nil or a 1-1. And that doesn't make for entertaining football, but it will... <laughs> I mean, unless United end up losing, <laughs> then it might be entertaining. That would be but pretty crazy. I mean, like the gameplay and the passage of play itself right. would be entertaining. Like, you but could the results see, could be entertaining. You could see, you could see like a three 0 Newcastle win, and like Mourinho gets fired, and you're just like, no, all right, I like United are in the the, I, the slums. I couldn't see. No, a I can't Newcastle see that. I can't see that either. Newcastle can't score three goals at home. Never mind at Old Trafford. So I know that I was just saying that like they're not scoring a goal there. I I think it's just going to be a grindy. You know, shitty, slow-paced game, and I mean, it's possible United get going and you know score two or three. Like they've done, they did it at home last year. Hey, you we haven't really it. seen it this year. You're Sorry? predicting it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I said two yeah. nil, so I, I I think it could happen. I was tempted by the one one that was sitting there for it, me. It's look, it, this is the type of result that Mourinho would get that would you know keep him in his job, give him a few more weeks. Uh, I, I just I, I think it's bound to happen. I, mean, if, I, think if, I think if we said that about, Burnley I think if they get a nil nil or a one one, I mean the amount of pressure on this guy is going to be immense. Yeah, it'll be a, <laughs> one more poor result would you'd think? Uh, sorry, if they draw this game, another poor result after that would probably be the end for him. Still, so, like the negativity yeah. just everywhere has gotten it's gotten to not quite as bad as Chelsea a couple of years ago, but it, you, you can or Arsenal ev- last year. Everyone can see where it's going. <laughs> so, yeah, let's move on to the Definitely. Sunday games. Bright and early on Sunday morning, seven a.m. Fulham will host Arsenal at Craven Cottage. We all have pretty convincing Arsenal wins in this one. Welcome back to the Premier League, Fulham. I've missed you. I've really missed you guys. Like. It's really nice to have you what, back. What if this is a different Fulham? What if aren't you guys supposed to be a different Arsenal? No, it's not a different Fulham. Aren't, aren't, aren't you guys it's supposed the same to be like a different before. Arsenal than before? Like they're gonna so. they're gonna try and attack us. They're they're gonna be at home and they're gonna be like, oh, we're we're Fulham. Like we attack, we play good possession football, and then they're gonna get blown out by us. It's I have I have a three one win. It could easily be more. I either, I was thinking like three one or four two. Four, two. I don't think we keep a clean sheet. Four two is ballsy. But if we keep a if we keep a clean sheet in this you're not game, keeping a clean sheet. I'll be very yeah, impressed. You're not keeping a clean sheet. I, think, uh, I agree. But like, if Leno keeps his clean sheet, because we've kept two in a row, which is you know, Andre Sherla loves a goal against Arsenal. He got which is rare. He got it's he got rare, the first right? of the six goals that Chelsea scored against Arsenal in the six uh, nil back in uh, two thousand. Well, why are you bringing up this irrelevant uh, fact? It's the, that was the last time that Andre Sherla faced uh, Arsenal. So uh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. Fair sure, enough. I'm sure he's uh, is biting up the chops to, to play Arsenal again. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think uh, in this game, Rob Holding probably starts again, which I think I'm okay with. Is Socrates um, still injured? Our, is that? I think he might be still injured. Um, so I was going to say, get rid of like, Mustafi and put Socrates in next to Holding. Yeah, Mustafi yeah, yeah, is I agree. a fucking mess, dude. He. He loves to just give away a dumb foul around a dumb 20 foul or 30 or just yards like away from the goal. Slip when he's the last defender. He just loves slipping and like it's his favorite and like, thing in the world. And tripping on himself while he's running for the defender. And like you uh, yeah, it just holding is like our Gomez. You know, we need to be starting him week in, week out, get him into the Except lineup. Except nowhere near as good, but okay. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, he could. I mean, he even could holding be a good few times uh, last week against Watford. Players got in behind him. Isaac's success was able to get in behind him. He missed his chance, but he was able to uh, get take an advantage over Rob Holding. Uh, at Fair enough. Point. I think I think our attackers there were just going to be biting at the at the chance. Yeah, Fulham's to, defense. Uh, we were saying when you, look at, when you look at their their back four, it's uh, they haven't been able to really bleed in the likes of like Alfie Mawson. I think is still coming off an injury. Uh, right. There's a whole blend of four players that play back there that or anywhere from playing out of position to inexperience in the Premier League like uh Cyrus Christie. Also, they keep starting Bettinelli, which I'm well, like Well, actually I don't I don't mind him too much. He's he's a pretty decent player and he's He's, he's all right. No, he's he's, he's not he's bad. A, he's but like the goalkeeping equivalent of like He's like a Rob Green or like <laughs> maybe even worse. No, I was going to say like, he's like the goalkeeper equivalent of like the uh, the the young English midfielder that everyone that everyone says is going to be in the England team three or four years from now, like right now, everyone is saying that James Madison, Will Hughes, R- Ruben Loftus Cheek, like all of these players who play Madison in the same is position, definitely going to be in the England midfield. No, I'm I don't saying, know about the I'm other saying, two. All these English people are saying that those three players who all play the same position and won't won't be able to play together, they're all going to be in the England squad, and that's the same of like goalkeepers in England, where they're like, yeah, Fraser Forster, Nick Pope, Bettinelli. We've got so many young, like talented goalkeepers. They're all going to be great for England. Like. They're not going to get Butlin, to play. Pickford, <laughs> like, right. Maybe only like one of them or two of them tops will get to play. But yeah, he. Uh, a lot of English people are very hot on uh, Bettinelli. But let's move on from fourth string English goalkeepers to the second game of the Sunday slate. Southampton hosting Chelsea at nine fifteen a.m. to uh, wet your palate a little a little bit more before the uh, the, the big game later that morning. Andrew has 2-0 Chelsea. I have 2-1 Chelsea. I don't see Chelsea keeping a clean sheet on the road anywhere right now. I mean, I think the last time we did it was Huddersfield in the first game of the season, and they're absolutely awful. So that's not to be considered too much. And uh, Javier, what do you have for this game? I have 3-1 Chelsea. Ollie loves a goal against uh, Southampton, doesn't he? He does, and he, he, he usually bullies their, their back line. They do have that new um, that new center back uh, Westergaard. Westergaard, yeah, yeah, he's like a six six. So we'll see how he does against uh, you know Ali. Ali's doesn't have Yoshida in there to bully anymore. So I wouldn't be surprised um, if uh, Giroud didn't score in this game. But surprise, surprise, Hazard and Pedro or someone ends up stealing the show and absolutely tearing them to shreds. And Ali's like a big reason. Yeah, and for that. Southampton were pretty pretty bad in their last game, so. I think they just beat also. Uh, I know you're talking about their Premier League game, but they just played in midweek against Everton and they beat Everton yeah, on penalties did, they, in the Carabao Cup. Right. So I don't think they're actually lacking that much confidence. Who did they lose to last week? I'm trying to think. Wolves, I think. Wasn't it Wolves? Yeah, they lost 2 0 away at Wolves. They were pretty abysmal. They, like, um, right. Now, like, their midfield isn't touching the ball against us. Like, like who, who are they, tro- who yeah, are they trotting out? I think that's going to be the problem. Hoyberg, like Ward Prowse. And Lamina, I mean, maybe yeah. things get a bit like choppy, and they and they really focus on trying to to break the game up and foul a lot to try and uh, stop us from getting too much uh, momentum and tempo. Also, I don't know if Danny Ings is back yet. Oh, he's back. He, he just hurt. scored. He just scored he's against okay. uh, against Everton in midweek. Everton. Okay. I'm, I'm sure he'll play. I'm sure he will get a goal at some point, or they'll win a penalty and he'll score the penalty. Something like that. We're not. We're got. Don't ever pick Chelsea for a clean sheet right now because it's probably not happening. Uh, that's not what we're concerned with. We're trying to get better at putting the ball in the back of the net. And every single week, I, I feel us getting better not only at that, but 
getting better on the ball and in possession in general. So uh, a game like this, if anything less than a win, is going to be pretty disappointing. So, Yeah, I mean, anything less than a win, and you're probably going to be in trouble because Tottenham and Arsenal are, are going to win this weekend, most likely. So, you know, you'll, you'll, you guys are you're going to be under pressure. Moving on to the final game of the weekend, Liverpool will host Manchester City. Both teams coming off lackluster performances uh, in midweek in the Champions League, though they both got two very different results. Liverpool lost today away at Napoli in the in the final minute to a Lorenzo Insigne goal. Huge game, huge goal for Napoli. Yeah, huge. I mean, they that, that really, gives really them, needed that. Yeah, that gives them a shout. And Manchester City came from behind at Hoffenheim after going down in the first 30 seconds. It was honestly comical. <laughs> and they uh, won at, in Hoffenheim to get their first uh, Champions League points of the season uh, yesterday on Tuesday. But both teams coming into this game are looking to assert their dominance at the top of the table. They're both currently tied on 19 points, I want to say. Manchester City have a pretty significant lead in goal difference, uh, six or seven uh, goals from their uh, blowouts they've had already this season. Before we talk about the game, though, we're going to throw it over to Andrew, who sent us a little uh, audio file to take a listen to. Andrew? All right, what's up, guys? It's Andrew here. Couldn't make make an appearance on the episode this week. Just some things came up. But here we are. Liverpool versus City. Liverpool obviously coming off a disappointing result today uh, in their game versus Napoli in the Champions League. Manchester City at least getting a late win against Hoffenheim. Both teams playing on the road in Europe. Uh, little concerned about Liverpool right now. Uh, did not play well at all against Napoli. Klopp took full uh, took full responsibility. But frankly, the only players who I saw while I got to watch the match at work who really performed well were Joe Gomez and Allison. Not that, that Virgil van Dijk was bad, but... Um, really the only two players who I thought had a good game um, saw some bright spots from uh, Andy Robertson but uh, the bigger bigger news too is Naby Keita getting uh, stretchered off potentially anything from a back injury I saw potentially a heart injury there's rumors that he could not be out until December which would be a big blow for the Liverpool midfield um, that being said they won Three out of the four performances against Manchester City, most notably losing the first one 5-0 because of Sadio Mane's red card. Um, They have not lost to them at Anfield in a really, really long time, and I don't think that is actually going to end this weekend. I still think that Liverpool are going to get a win, but a draw is very likely. Um, I'm going to say Liverpool 3-1. Again, kind of the same score that I said against Chelsea, but I think the biggest thing for us is just that we're in their heads. Uh, Manchester City are going to be, you know... Also down a fullback, that's where most Salah will be attacking. And if Salah doesn't work, Klopp has kind of showed that he will rotate and go to Shakiri. And, and also, too, like I could even potentially see Klopp trying to rotate uh, Sadio Mane and Salah for this match or something. I don't know. He's gonna he's going to attack that that left back position where we saw Zivchenko play over the weekend, where we've seen Fabian Delph play over the last couple of weeks. Um, we know that this is City's bogey team. I mean, it, it, every team has one. Liverpool seem to be City's. I think Liverpool can get the result done. I am worried about that midfield. Maybe we try Fabinho again. I don't know. Uh, the the big question is is because I don't think Henderson's the answer. Uh, does Fabinho do better in a game like this than he did in his performance against Chelsea? I don't know. Uh, that's that's a big question for me. Um, but, I mean, what a game to kind of walk into for potentially for Fabinho. Obviously, several international teammates on both sides of the ball in this game. But this is a game Klopp absolutely needs to get his, his guys geared up for because they look 0% geared up for it today. Uh, but I'm going to say 3-1 Liverpool. And back to the guys. Follow us on Twitter at Andrew Pissarro at ASMOS92. And for God's sakes, Javier, get a fucking Twitter. And at Pod. Thanks, guys, and I'll talk to you Monday. 
Thanks, Andrew. So I want to zero in on a particular point Andrew made in that recording, and that's that Jordan Henderson is now going to be looked to pretty much for the foreseeable future to play in midfield along alongside James Milner and Genie Wijnaldum. Navi Keita went out down today in the Napoli game. 20 minutes in, he had to be carted off the field. He was taken to hospital, and I think he is still in hospital. Uh, they haven't released him yet. So I, I didn't see what the injury was. I know it's pretty significant, though. So he obviously won't play in this game, and he's going to be out for the foreseeable future. We were saying before we started the podcast how we shouldn't be too concerned because obviously this midfield three of Henderson, Wijnaldum, Milner was so dynamic at the end of the tail end of last season and helping them get to the Champions League uh, final. But after seeing them this season with Keita, with Wijnaldum, with Milner, and with a midfield three that has so much more like energy and, uh, and busyness to it, I, I, I can't help but feel like they're, they're worse off without Nabi Keita and with Jordan Henderson in his place. Like, uh, yeah, especially in big games like this, yeah, right? But like, 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 you, you see I'm struggling with it where like they just beat Man City 3-0 back in, what was it? April in the Champions League with this exact like midfield three and this exact front three. So like why am I why am I not convinced that they're gonna be able to replicate that same kind of performance and win this one? Because like Manchester City haven't won at Anfield in something like fifteen years. Yeah, I just think that it's um it's a little bit different just on form. I think that right now because Salah Mane and Firmino are misfiring a little bit right now. I think it's going to be more of a struggle for Liverpool in this game. I think that Manchester City, um, even though they did have that one blimp um, in the Champions League earlier this season, uh, losing to, was it Lyon? Yeah, yeah. That they lost a few to? weeks ago. Um, I, I still think that the City side in the league have looked pretty much untouchable and they've just been ramping up. And I think that this is the perfect time to maybe play this Liverpool side who are on, you know, they start off the season really well and, you know, they have 19 points that are unbeaten. But I think, uh, you know, this last week, Chelsea kind of brought them back to earth uh, with like a win and a draw. And I think that, you know, you could tell that in those couple games that, the, that, that Liverpool were playing against Chelsea against better opposition, that they're struggling a little bit right now. You know, that yeah, they were in those games that they were winning earlier in the season, they were playing against not that great teams and, they were still like much like Arsenal. They were still getting results, so you you know you weren't really worried for them, um, and you you were like, oh, you know, this is really good from Liverpool. That you think that they'd move on from that and keep ramping up, but it kind of looks like they've you know plateaued a little bit, and and now with this injury, you know, maybe maybe it's going to be a little bit of a rough time for them. So I, I actually have a two-one Manchester City win. I think Manchester City exerts their like you know we're going to be this is the game. Kind of like that Chelsea game last year, where if they win this game, it's going to be like, all right, they're the they're the very very clear favorites for the title. Obviously, if Liverpool want to be up there with them, they have to get a result from this game. I think a draw at the bare minimum, like you have two uh, two. But you know, I I, I think it's going to be really difficult for them. I think that three one result for Andrew. I mean, if that happens, uh, that would be awesome for Liverpool, especially with the with the Keita loss. But I, just, I can't see it happening. I can't see it with the city with the city team on form. How much depth they have, um, and how like Liverpool are, you know, just just on current form. I think it's going to be a, a more of a struggle than what Andrew has right now. I don't want to make it seem like I like 
disagree with you because I I, I kind of see the game going the same way. I, I think Pep's seen his blueprint on how to beat Liverpool basically be uh, be played out by Chelsea in the past week, where I, I don't want to. I'm not, I'm honestly not trying to like blow smoke up Chelsea's ass, but the amount of like possession we had in those two games and the way we were able to like sort of limit Liverpool offensively by keeping the ball away from them. Like that theoretically is how you want to play against them, and that's how Pep like knows he wants to play against them. He hasn't been able to do it, and uh, hasn't been able to get his players to be disciplined enough in possession to really suffocate Liverpool and keep them from the ball and keep their attacking players from having too much effect on the game. With Aguero, Sané, and Sterling starting each of the last two games, I wouldn't be surprised in, th- in this one if you saw, like maybe even like two of those three players get rested and. You see something like Bernardo Silva, Gabriel Jesus. You see a team that's a little bit more uh, geared towards keeping the ball and being a bit more patient in possession rather than the like, the, the players like Sterling and Sané who are going to try and take on defenders out wide and, and like really beat them for pace and beat them with the ball at their feet. So that, that's, just, that's just something I could see uh, happening for Pep this weekend. Uh, he could go a completely different direction. He's kind of hard to predict like that. It's one of the things that makes him so great. Uh, but I, I think Liverpool just being at home and ha- having themselves not won a game in more than a week. Uh, obviously, they lost to Napoli, drew at Chelsea, and then lost at Chelsea, or sorry, lost at home to Chelsea in midweek last week. So that they'll be going into this game absolutely desperate to get back to winning ways after starting their season with something like six or seven straight wins. So I'm sure they're going to be very energized to get a result for this one. So I, I have Manchester City taking like an early lead, maybe it being 2-1 in the second half and Liverpool snatching a, a draw from the uh, jaws of defeat. And as Andrew mentioned on his recording, he uh, has Liverpool winning 3-1 at home. So and just before we go, I want to update everyone on our little score prediction table that we have each week. Whoever picks the most games right gets a point. Right now, Javier and Andrew sit tied on top with uh, four points each, and I sit one point back in second, or sorry, in third with uh, with three points. So uh, all to do this weekend. I'm feeling pretty good about my picks. Uh, Javier, do you have any fantasy wisdom to impart upon the listeners before we go? Yeah, uh, I mentioned it in the last pod briefly, but uh, Johnny, the Wolverhampton defender, I think he's 4.4 or 4.5 mil, uh, just got his first goal for Wolves last weekend, and he gets forward a lot. He had like two or three shots on goal in that game, so I'm pretty sure he got three bonus points as well. So look, look at him uh, as, a, as a possible uh, option, cheap option in back line. And then um, Leicester as well, they kind of have a, uh, after the Arsenal game, they have a pretty easy run of games. So look at some of the Leicester players, um, you know, Harry Maguire, uh, Ihanacho, uh, even Jamie Vardy, if, if he starts to catch form again. So I, w- I would take a look at, at, at uh, Wolves and Leicester for, for some fantasy players. I'm going to start taking a look at Newcastle players after this weekend, just because, as I mentioned earlier, their schedule gets a little bit easier going forward. So going to take another look at uh, Matt Ritchie and uh, John Joe Shelby, maybe. All right. Well, that's all from us here at the Ghost Goal Pod. Thanks again for listening. Uh, thanks to Andrew for sending us uh, his two cents on the uh, big Liverpool Man City game this weekend. Javier, thanks again for being with us. Yeah, I can't wait for that Sunday slate of games. Uh, 7 a.m., bright and early. You're going to be waking up, Alex? Of course. I'll never miss uh, Arsenal-Fulham, two teams I hate dearly. 
can't wait for you guys to draw 1-1. One, one. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good Sunday slate of games. All right, till next time, I'm Alex. He's Javier. This is the Ghost Gold Pod. Follow us at Andrew Pissarro, at AS Moss, at Ghost Gold Pod. Until next time, see ya. John Joe Shelby and Matt Ritchie, I'll kill you. (laughs) I will kill you, Alex.